Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined by not Pete Donaldson again. Where's Pete Donaldson gone? Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, it's, uh, it's another week without the great Pete. Uh, he's, he's off building a snowman in the fields of England somewhere. Uh, but actually, it's my fault. Again, I'm on the, ro- I'm on the road at the moment, travelling around the country. Uh, so it's been a bit hard to find the time to meet up with him and, and actually do the podcast. So this week, we're joined... By another guest, uh, we've had Norm Toko Lens recently, we've had Shala in Japan, and now we're joined by Joey the Anime Man. You might have seen him in Journey Across Japan. Joey, how you doing? I'm doing alright, how are you? Oh good. Got really bad heartburn. Yeah, I've noticed. This is, this is terrible. You ate like a packet of crisps beforehand and you're just like, I, s- I can't breathe. It's shocking, I ate a really big bag of crisps and... Uh, didn't go down too well. But it's good to see you, Joey. Uh, after our adventures around the mountains of Japan, mm-hmm. it's nice to be in a room with you once again. Yeah, yeah. Now the I, dust has settled. I can't believe that's already been, what, a month since we recorded that? Yeah. Maybe longer? Since early October we filmed it, right? Oh, so, Jesus. So it's been, what, two two months? Two months. And the last episode came out, I think, Bloody three hell. weeks ago. So, yes, if you haven't seen Joey before, he runs a YouTube channel, The Anime Man. He is the... The, the foremost expert in the world of anime and manga, isn't that right, Joe? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. <laughs> Tell us a bit about yourself for folks that don't know who you are. Um, so, I'm Joey. Uh, I'm Australian-born Japanese, and I talk about Japanese cartoons on the internet for a living. Japanese cartoons? That's, that's essentially it. If you like Japanese culture, Japanese language, uh, nerd culture in Japan, just... Any weird, quirky stuff that you can find in and out of Japan and Japanese culture, then I probably talk about it in some aspect. And you've been going how long on YouTube now? Uh, I started May of 2013, so what's that, seven and a half years? Bloody Almost hell. eight years, yeah. I've had quite the wild ride. And yeah. Well, that means I've been doing it longer than you then. Well, you started 2012, right? Right. Yeah, so you have been doing a lot Good God. So you're technically my senpai. I'm your senpai. Yeah. You're your superior. Yeah. Uh, although you've made a lot more videos than I have. Well, yeah, because I used to upload daily. Bloody hell. How did you upload daily? <laughs> I, so- I don't even know how I did it. Because, uh, I mean, <laughs> now I upload, you know, maybe once every six, seven days, right? So once, right. once a week. Um, and I've struggled to do that 
now and I do this stuff full time now um, but I somehow managed to upload daily for like the first two and a half years right. while I was a full time uni student Okay, God. So I was just, yeah, it was uni and then YouTube, uni, YouTube, uni, YouTube for two and a half years. That is quite the life. I, I mean, don't, I don't know how I did that. I honest. don't know how you did that. I mean, I struggled. I started out doing this when I was a teacher, right? Uh, mm. When I was a teacher and I used to go home and uh, try and bash one out once a month, let alone <laughs> daily. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, I mean, to be fair, my production value is increased tenfold since the daily uploads. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course it has. Come a long way since those I days. went from shitty let's plays of anime games to actually producing some good <laughs> videos. So <laughs> But if you if you're into anime, uh, manga, Japanese pop culture, if you're otaku, Joey's your man really. I guess so. He's the man to go for. And we're currently in a hotel in Yamagata. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have seen the other day, yesterday, mm. uh, we did a live show, didn't we, Joey? A with Christmas a live show. Christmas live show with Natsuki mm-hmm. and Sharla and uh, Aki, your partner. Mm-hmm. That was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, that was fun. You enjoy that? Yeah, that was that was a uh, chaos. Chaos <laughs> with KFC. Yeah, we sat down, and ordered the KFC Christmas bucket. Uh, very popular thing in Japan because they have turkey. <laughs> Supposedly, got, got the <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I've never. Apparently, three point six million Japanese families sit down every year to have a KFC Christmas, and yet I've never met anyone in Japan who's done it. Except me. So 3.6 million families are doing Christmas wrong, in other words. <laughs> Pretty much. Like, Natsuki, he, he'd never had it. Yeah. Like, yesterday was his first time. Well, that was the first time I had it, too. <gasps> yeah. And did it exceed your expectations? <sighs> it, no, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I never really used to eat KFC in general anyway. I've right. probably had KFC in Japan like twice in my life. It's it's not as good, is it? It's, nah. it's pretty lackluster. I never, I never even really liked it back in Australia, <gasps> either, to be honest. So it's good in the UK, but not so much in Japan. And it nah. costs... It came to about 5,000 yen. For that, we got a staggering amount of chicken. Yeah, that was a that was an excruciating amount of chicken, to be honest. And a Christmas cake that I didn't actually have a slice of in hindsight. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone had a slice of it. <laughs> Where did it go? I don't know. I think... I think Natsuki's wife just kind of took it away and was like, hey, this uh, is mine now. Asami sneakily walked off with it. Actually, Natsuki was a real dick yesterday because we arrived at his place, uh, Natsuki's house, where we had the meal. And we were all there. There was me, Joey, Sharla, Aki, Asami, his wife. And Natsuki was an hour late. We don't know where he went. To this day, I still don't know where he went. But the, by the time he arrived, the, uh, the entire meal was stone cold and uh, thoroughly we, we'd already started on half the KFC meal so what a dick I think he ended up having like two pieces of chicken by the end of it he was like this is great <laughs> this is exactly what I was hoping for <laughs> cheeky devil but we did do a live show and you can check that out on the Abroad Perspective channel uh, we did it for t- about two hours and we covered various topics and mm. Natsuki did sing a rendition of Last Christmas <laughs> Yeah, I mean, over your beatboxing. Over my beatboxing. He knocked it out of the park. He, we trained him for like 20 minutes on the lyrics of Last Christmas. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he did it right, actually. Yeah. It's, it's his favourite Christmas song. So. Oh, there you go. Along with War Is Over by, by John Lennon. <laughs> He's not so good at that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, we'll kick things off with Story of the Week before we get into uh, interviewing Joey. Uh, and this week's story comes from... Uh, Sean in Montreal and it's a hopefully it's a nice story we've had some pretty unpleasant stories in the last few weeks the last uh, last week we had an episode from a guy called Tom a British right. guy who came to Kyoto and was sick all over an entire train <laughs> and all the people on the train and he was oh, wearing no. and he was wearing a face mask so oh. it was like it wasn't a fountain of sick it was more like an explosion I've, I've seen that happen on a train as you've well you've seen that happen where someone's 
throwing oh, up God. inside their oh, mask. God. It was horrible. I hope it wasn't a but British also person. hilarious. I hope it wasn't. Could have been Tom. Yeah, could maybe. have been our good, our, our beloved listener, Tom. What's up, Tom? Um, right, this one's from Sean. Hopefully, it's not as unpleasant. It says, "Hey guys, uh, a couple of years ago, my family and I took a summer vacation to Japan. Here's a little story that I find quite funny and unique to Japan, and I hope you do too. Go on. We had spent a few days in Osaka. We were heading to Kyoto one morning, uh, so we were waiting on the platform for the train. My mum, being a North American suburban woman, needs her coffee every morning. I can relate. I, I can relate as well. Definitely. Uh, so she popped into the Seven Eleven on." The platform. As she was putting her cup in the coffee machine, the train pulled in, so she panicked and rushed out to join us. With my mum pissed, we boarded the train and found our seats. She was ranting about how she had just wasted 200 yen, about $2, and the train uh, still hadn't left, so she should have gotten her coffee anyway. Right. Uh, three minutes passed, and the train still hadn't moved, making my mum even angrier. Uh, really embarrassing for us it was, because she was making a scene, which is something uh, Japanese people don't do. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, a woman wearing a green 7-Eleven apron, runs in from the car ahead of us with a coffee in hand, yelling, Hot to coffee! Hot She looks at my mum, cheers a little, and hands my mum a coffee before running off the train. The train then left this platform, and thankfully my mum was shut up for the 40-minute ride. <laughs> uh, I just found this really unique, as my experience of 7-Eleven was a trip to Boston. Uh, a trip to Boston, where I accidentally spilled my drink on the floor, and the employee just ha- handed me a bucket and a mop and said, I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> uh, anyway... Thank you for all your content, guys. Enjoyed uh, Escape to Fuji. Help me get through exams. Have a wonderful day to both Chris and Pete from Sean in Montreal, Canada, uh, and Joey. That was a great story. I love the, the difference there between 7-Eleven in the US and 7-Eleven yeah. in Japan. <laughs> They'll go the extra mile. They'll literally follow you onto a train yeah. to the ends of the earth to give you your 200 yen Meanwhile, coffee. in Boston, it's like, clean your own shit. <laughs> <laughs> the floor's not going to mop itself. But what a humbling story. What a yeah. nice story. That's like... Th- I, I, I agree. That is very uniquely Japan, I feel. that Just the, just the I guess, extreme customer service mm. that Japan provides, even in a, you know... Even in a convenience store like Seven Eleven, yeah, where which is someplace you'd never expect that kind of service, right? Like you'd expect it yeah. maybe in like an expensive restaurant or a hotel or something, but they yep, they do go the extra store. mile, yeah. And it's not just staff as well. We had a story uh, about a month ago. This guy, uh, a guy on a bike in Osaka, mm. just started speaking to a random guy at the side of the road, and he was like, "Let's grab a coffee." This Japanese guy, oh. like, do you want to get a coffee? And the guy's like, "Oh no, I can't. I'm busy." Yeah. Uh, and the guy like crossed the road with his bicycle and heard oh see my son behind him yeah. and the the guy this random stranger just came running over with a can of coffee and was like here have this oh wow uh, it's rather surreal I, I had a I had a similar experience or Aki had a similar experience my partner uh, she was walking to the station and I guess she didn't realize that she had accidentally had some change loose change in her pocket right and we're talking you know maybe like one yen five yen levels of loose change yeah yeah and suddenly she heard this like tapping of shoes from behind her someone was running towards her and she could hear this of this young woman and uh and she turns around and this woman is holding a one yen coin and she said you dropped this oh my god so she ran up to aki to just give her back the one yen she's like i don't want it it's one yen it's one cent but she just took it anyway it's like all right cool she probably thought it was like littering I've I've had it in the past. Oh, uh, maybe I've, I've dropped some litter by accident, right? Because I'm a, I'm nice. I wouldn't actually do that on purpose. <laughs> and like people are like running over, like oh, you dropped your Kit Kat wrapper. Right, right, right. Like, oh, 
Oh, thank you. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because there's no rubbish bins on the streets of Japan That's more, true. more often than not. But one yen? One yen. Why, wouldn't you, why would you just not pocket that? She could have pocketed one yen yeah. and got a, bought a nothing. Even if I was, you know, the, the, the best Samaritan in the world, I think, well, it's only one cent. You what, know? what could he get with one yen in Japan? Nothing. Just, just like actually nothing. I, I don't think you can get anything with one. Maybe like 30 years ago, during the Showa era, you could. I find the only thing they're good for are going to a temple and leaving it in front of a shrine or something. Yeah, or, you know, if it's like 149 yen and you don't want to break <laughs> a 50, it's like, oh, I got four one yen coins. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot of listeners. We get a lot of you guys actually asking us like what to do with money, like spare change in Japan. Yeah, I have so many friends who come to Japan and they just leave me just giant bags of loose oh, change because they don't know what to do. I was like, all right, I'll take it from you. I remember in my first apartment, just down the road from here actually, mm. uh, where I lived for the first three years, I had, when I, by the time I finished my three years, I had like three buckets filled with one yens <laughs> and ten yens and uh, I took them. What you could do in Japan, you can go to the bank and just pour them in an ATM machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had like $150 in like one yen coins. Oh, wow. And I was... I guess that's what you can do, huh? It's good. I spent that I mean, if you live meal. here, you can do that. You can do that. If you're visiting, it's a little harder, I feel. Maybe we should set up a business where tourists coming to Japan can give you the money that they didn't... They don't... They want to keep. <laughs> I've, I, I feel that's quite sinister. Just give it a charity. I believe that's just called theft. <laughs> <laughs> just nice theft. Nice theft. Yeah. That's a good company name right yeah. there, isn't it? Nice theft. Um, right then, Joey. Let's turn our attention to your good self then. Mm-hmm. So a lot of listeners probably don't know who you are necessarily. Right. I like to think they do. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people listening to this don't even watch Abroad in Japan. It's oh, really? Bizarre. We've, it's, it's very bizarre. Oh. World of podcasting, very different listeners. Fair enough. So fair what enough. I'd like to... So you might have seen Joey. Uh, I like, I'd like to think you've seen Joey in the uh, recent Escape to Fuji series, Journey mm-hmm. Across Japan, mm-hmm. uh, where Joey and I travelled for six days through central Japan, had a bit of... Had a, had a blast a romp a, I was gonna say, a bit of a blast that doesn't really make sense I had a romp had a romp through uh, various interesting locations abandoned love hotels abandoned quarries uh, what else was there was Lots that it of strange stuff uh, the Lots Showa of, Museum the Showa Museum bathtubs of increasingly bizarre <laughs> increasingly bizarre bathtubs and a fever dream museum as well fever, yes the last episode yeah the last episode of Journey Across Japan I uh, it <laughs> It was it was really weird. Like it was an episode that didn't need to happen. Right. I was really clutching at straws because I the last day of Journey Across Japan was like a backup mm. in case we didn't see Mount Fuji, but we right. saw it on day five. Right, and I thought we could have just ended it there. Like yeah. if you watch uh, episode five, Mount Fuji, where Joey and I go to a British theme park, it could have just ended there when we were mm. like standing on the precipice of this cliff overlooking Fuji. It should have been like, <laughs> oh, bye everyone, bye. But we didn't end it there. We <laughs> we carried on to Izzy Peninsula and went to. A, bloody museum that was so surreal that still appears in my nightmares it was horrendous like it was kind of cool and if you watch the video you can see that it's like in a greenhouse and there's some <laughs> yeah but what you exhibits. showed in the video was like actually like five percent of what we actually saw this is the thing right what you don't know is if you've seen this video joey and i go to this crazy museum and as we were leaving the museum we'd actually filmed everything I saw like another door to like a basement level. Yeah, we went in there, and the things we saw in there, it was all like, <laughs> really like it was like animals. It being... was like animals giving birth and like having intercourse, <laughs> and it's like this is how baby animals are made, and it showed these like really 
realistic and grotesque like cross sections of the yeah. inside of a cow's stomach and it's just like I didn't just things you didn't need to see essentially wasn't family friendly no wasn't, wasn't going in journey across no. Japan I, I remember as well the, the moment you stepped into that room and we kind of just dumbfounded and just awestruck at what we were looking at I just heard you from a distance going there's no fucking way we can put this in the video <laughs> And I, I didn't even pull out the camera. No, is that no. bad? Yeah, it was pretty bad. It's pretty messed up. Um, so let's let's hear your story then, Joey. What? Mm-hmm. So you are half Japanese? Yes, half Australian. Yep. And how long have you lived in Japan now? Uh, well, I moved here officially about five years ago. Five years. So ago. when I, I graduated Sydney University, because um, I just went to school in Australia. Um, so the moment I graduated Sydney University, I was always I was already like at a level where I could do YouTube full time. Mm. So I thought I was going to move to Japan anyway, even if YouTube wasn't my job, because I had interned at a bunch of Japanese IT companies. And your your mum's Japanese, right? Yeah. So you'd come to Japan a fair bit. Oh yeah, yeah. We used to visit every year for about a month to go visit my family. And you were already fluent by the time you got here. Yeah, so I took I passed the N one test when I was seventeen. Bloody hell! Yeah, pretty young. How did you learn Japanese back in Australia? Did your mum like just speak to you in Japanese? Yeah, so my mum had this kind of like unspoken rule where she wouldn't respond to me if I didn't <laughs> talk to her in Japanese. That's genius. Yeah, so because you know in Australia English is already such a prevalent language, and my mm. dad only knows English. Um, so my mum, I guess, thought, well, I guess the only way that my son will be able to learn Japanese, you know, in the field is to just force it upon him, essentially, yeah, yeah. to the point where I won't even, I, I won't even entertain a conversation with him unless it's in Japanese. Jesus. So I learned that from a very young age because, you know, getting ignored by your mum <laughs> at age two or three is very traumatic. <laughs> so if you went to your mum, mum, I want a chocolate biscuit. Yeah, she just straight up ignores like, me. No. But if I said, Okasan, chocolate hoshi, then she'd be like, oh, wakatta. Oh, know, wow. Like, and she'd just respond to it. And I guess, uh, yeah. But, uh, but then again, because I went to Japan quite a bit when I was young, I guess I. You already, had that motivation. Yeah, I had the motivation. And also, I guess I already had the like very heavy interest mm. in the Japanese language and just Japanese culture in general. And I think from a very young age, I immediately knew, I think, Japanese and the, the Japanese way of thinking and the Japanese way of life is more suited to my personality than Australia. So, Did, did you understand the Japanese way of thinking before you got here? Maybe not so much as now, but I guess just Japanese culture and the language, I had more of a an interest in than English. And not to say I didn't like the Australian way of life or anything, but... The Australian... What is the Australian way of life? Uh, just, you know, laid back, just chilling in the summer <laughs> sun, I guess. Just having a, having a... Cracking open a beer at the beach. Yeah. It's a very different way of life to Japan. It's oh, yeah. way, like I, I think Australia... The Australian way of life is probably more different to Japanese culture than the British way of life. I'd say so. Yeah, because people yeah. in Australia tend to be more laid back and relaxed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't know if this is just my British oh, no, impression. No, like, oh, everyone yeah. in Australia, just surfing, isn't it? <laughs> Barbecues, surfing, yeah. oh, eating some kangaroos. Yeah. Like, so. Honestly, like, that, that is kind of what it's like. It's just very right. laid back and relaxed and very, you know, in that sense, very similar to British and American culture where mm. there's no such thing as... Uh, uh, you know, stranger danger. Like people, just strangers can you can you can strike up a conversation in you know a supermarket with mm. anybody, and, and no one will really bat an eye. Whereas in Japan, it's oh like, god, it's a little bit different. Oh god, never do that. Yeah, it'd just be so awkward. Yeah, right. 
So yeah, and it's not you know I didn't mind that aspect of it at all because I'm I'm usually okay with talking to strangers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I guess my understanding and I guess appreciation for Japanese culture and because my grandma lived in like the middle of the mountains in Miyagi, um, right? Not so, far from where I live. Right? Yeah, 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 like quite quite far away. Um, which is where my mom was born and raised. Um, I guess I learned about the whole quote unquote Inaka lifestyle. The old countryside. The lifestyle. old countryside, Japanese countryside lifestyle, very mm. early on in mm. my life, and I really liked that. Like just mm. kind of, you know, the the town where I spent a lot of my childhood was, you know, in this, you know, the next door neighbor's house would be five hundred meters down the road. Oh wow! And in between, right. it would just be nothing but rice fields, and I would just go out with my sister to the rice fields and just find our own fun. Go out to the rice fields and find our fun. Yeah, because you know what can you do in a <laughs> romantic? Ri- what can you do in a fifty-plus-year-old house in the middle of a rice field with like barely any internet back at the time, barely any toys? Yeah, yeah. You know, one tiny CRT TV that might play something interesting. You know, every hour or so. <laughs> It's like, what else can you do? You were very optimistic about Japanese television. Yeah. But now you live in uh, the sort of Tokyo area, right? Yeah. In the... I mean, how's that? I mean, it's okay. I don't live in, in Tokyo. I don't live in central Tokyo. I don't think I ever could, to be honest. I don't, I don't mind going into central Tokyo mm. every now and then. Um, but I, I definitely prefer the more kind of halfway point between country and city. So, I mean, as a YouTuber, you can pretty much... Choose where you live, I guess. Oh, like, yeah. Why were you drawn towards living in Tokyo as opposed to, you know, your, your family living mm. in Miyagi, where I am? Yeah. Could have been, you know, could have been abroad in Japan with Joey down the road. Yeah, in honestly. A different, in a different life. Uh, honestly, I when I first moved here, I did that did cross my mind. Mm. That because I Wait, do... I want to live near abroad in Japan. Well, no, no, not that. <laughs> I would have been on the other side of town. Oh. But, <laughs> oh. but um, no, uh, but because... I actually knew more about Sendai than I did about Tokyo. Right. When I first moved here. Because I have family who live in Saitama as well. Yeah. But I don't have any family that lives in Tokyo. So the only time I would ever experience Tokyo before moving here was when I went to go see my cousins in Saitama and we would go into Tokyo together. Okay. But I knew so much more about Sendai and the general Sendai area because my grandma lived there, my granddad lived there, and that's where I spent a lot of my childhood. That's cool, though. So you, so you do have an appreciation for the countryside. Yeah, you? definitely. Because I do find that's a problem. A lot of my friends, um, I, you know, I often invite friends up to, mm. to see me and talk, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'll come one day, but they don't. <laughs> You're like one of about two people who's yeah. actually made an effort. Right. It's difficult getting on a bullet train for an hour, Oh yeah, apparently. Yeah. But, yeah. like, I have a lot of friends who live in... All of my friends pretty much live in Tokyo. Mm. I'd say, like, 95%. Mm. Um, and... You know, a lot of them have never come to the countryside because Tokyo is like a bubble, and I think that's mm. a real tragedy. Because Tokyo is great by all accounts, but like the real Japan, as some people call it, <laughs> uh, like all the best bits in Japan for me, the bits where all my favourite memories are, the more profound moments. I always have them out and about in the countryside or in other more quiet, peaceful cities. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like I've explored every nook and cranny of Tokyo there is. I mean, mm. I don't think I could ever do that in my entire lifetime because it's just so much you can do in the greater Tokyo area. Yeah. But after a while, it's you, you kind of just look around at the city and think, oh, I mean, yeah, this is cool, but there's so much more of Japan. There's 46 other prefectures I could also mm, go to mm. to explore. And I think especially this year is really, you know, going around with like Journey Across Japan and just kind of, yeah. you know, tr- detoxing from work and the internet by going, you know, out of 
yeah, the yeah. cities and whatnot has really, I guess, inspired me to just explore more of this country because, mm-hmm. you know, my appreciation for Japanese culture did stem from the Inaka lifestyle of the mountains of Miyagi. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to go back to that lifestyle and, you know, scenery and whatnot and kind of revitalize, oh, yeah, you know, this is this is why I, I originally really like this country mm-hmm. because of this this kind of lifestyle absolutely i yeah. mean just to see this afternoon joey and i went to a uh, a temple called mount oh, sorry not a temple like a shrine mount mm-hmm. hagoro mm-hmm. um and i did a video there with Ryota, if you want to check it out called uh escaping to a japanese secluded mountain temple mm-hmm. i think that's what it's titled. really awkward title <laughs> right i think it's escaping to a secluded japanese mountain temple i think it's called mm-hmm. um and riotta and i went there in the snow it was very beautiful and i took you there mm. and how did you feel going there Mount oh, i loved it it's beautiful isn't yeah it? it's so great just snow capped hi i'm Miyazaki, isn't it yeah it was it was very ghibli <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it was very it was very magical. There was like a, a waterfall coming out of the snow. Yeah. There was like a red pagoda, like you know. Oh, pag- I love stuff like that. Pagodas and uh, Tory gates. It's beautiful. Yeah. And for me, that is like, I I feel very the lucky. real Japanese experience. The real Japan. The real <laughs> Japan. God, the amount of times you hear the real Japan. The real Japan. Easy way to market. Rural Japan, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, I'm glad you, you've kind of enjoyed your time out here and mm. uh, got to we got to see some stuff amongst the snow. I really I really do, though. My, my goal in life is to just go to all 47 prefectures. Oh, wow. And I think I've... How many have you done? <sighs> I've, I worked out I've done 41, I think. 41. I think I've done maybe 30. Rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe not even. I think maybe around half. The race is on. Who can who can get to all 47 Well, you're definitely doing that first. I mean, I've never <laughs> been to Shikoku or Kyushu or any of uh, West... Oh, very little of West Japan. Well, hopefully we can make up for that later this year because Joey and I and Natsuki have already talked about doing uh, another series for Journey Across Japan. Mm. Uh, and Kyushu is in our sights. I've been there briefly uh, for Journey Across Japan, the original series, which didn't go so well because by the time I went to Kyushu, I was dead. <laughs> Uh, and Emma Tokidoki Emma joined and yeah. famously wasn't in any of the videos because right. I was screwed but um, yeah I think you know been to Kyushu no Natsuki's been I think Natsuki's ever been actually yeah and Natsuki is from uh, Kyushu from... historically his family oh yeah because yeah, his yeah. name's Natsuki Asor yeah. and uh, Asor his family Kumamoto, name is from right? yeah Kumamoto yeah. Mount Asor that region with Japan's biggest volcano so yeah we could, maybe the, the we've still got a kind of Find a theme for it, and I'm open to ideas. Maybe that could be the theme, right? Yeah, so, like kind say. of retrace Natsuki's roots. Find Natsuki's family roots <laughs> on Journey Across Japan three. What would you even call that? Journey Across Japan three. Uh, Search of Natsuki's Natsuki. spiritual journey. Natsuki's <laughs> spiritual journey. Ancestral spiritual journey. <laughs> <laughs> would be kind of fun. Yeah, we could, maybe we can make it work uh, with with a slight tweak. Natsuki to the title. finds out who he really is <laughs> on Journey Across Japan. I want to find out who Natsuki really is. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This week on Stakhanov. Over on the Luke and Pete show, we've been discussing our usual nonsense from Disney princesses to fizzy lagers and a whole load more. Here's a taster of what's been on the show. For some reason, our little recording system has got this piece of music installed in it. I think it's uh, incidental music in a sex ed uh, BBC Two um, 10 a.m. kind of job. No way! It is! It's too groovy! It's too groovy! Yeah, it's just like, uh, now on BBC Two, <laughs> sex and your child. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, over on WrestleMe, we've been doing the 12 days of WrestleMemus, which you can find on our Patreon or your favourite podcast player. That's why also America is like leading the world in serial killers, you know, because they have room. They have room, room they have to dismantle, <laughs> to, to dismember, dismantle, dismember, to stuff yes. to make marionettes. Mm-hmm. Um, over here, very difficult to be a serial killer. I would knock into things. I'd you get would. blood everywhere. But there's always some nosy beak, isn't there? <laughs> Someone sticking their nose in where yeah. it doesn't belong. All that and more at Sukarnov. But on the subject of YouTube, then let's turn your attention to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, you've how many subscribers you got now? We always joke about it. Uh, that you've got more than me. Yeah. And, your Twitter ver- and of course, your Twitter verified. <laughs> Bastard. I think I am approaching 2.6 million. 2.6 On my main channel. Well, aren't you lucky? Yeah. I, uh, the, I think Abroad in Japan is 1.96 or something. Ridiculous. I, think, I think you're going to hit two before the end of the year. I don't know. No? Nah, I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, you're growing pretty quickly this I'm, year, though. The thing, though, and I know you and I have talked about this, mm. um, you just, after you hit like a million, you kind of don't really take, you kind of take your eye off the numbers. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's not that big a deal, really. It's yeah. more about the videos. and It's more, and kind of, it's more about, will the next video even be good? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you've always got to try to find something new and uh, original. What kind of videos have you been working on recently? Recently, uh, it hasn't come out. I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, 2021, this I guess. This podcast is coming out tomorrow. Oh, okay, never mind. Then. So, so yeah. you, can't, you can't spoil too much. Content. I can't spoil too much, but 2021 is kind of going to be... I, I, I don't want to say, like, major shift in content, because I do want to stick to my roots, but I guess more of a experimentation on what kind of content 
would work on my channel. Well, I mean, because you, know, you, you are native speaker, Japanese level. Yeah. You could definitely use that to your, to your advantage in a yeah. way that I can't. Like, I still... I could Obviously, I could speak Japanese, but I still feel a bit uncomfortable being mm. me on camera speaking Japanese. I kind of right. feel like it's not me. Right. Um, yeah, I definitely want to use that more and uh, the fact that, you know, I can speak Japanese mm. and I have this really unique skill that I am native level. Actually, going, going to that, I mean, do you find you are very different in when you switch to Japanese do you find your personality is slightly different because when we did the live show yesterday I saw a comment um, saying it's interesting the, the person wrote like it was interesting seeing Joey speak to Natsuki in both English and Japanese because mm. when you speak to Natsuki in English you're kind of informal but then he said the, the, the commenter said that when you speak to Natsuki in Japanese you use more honorifics you're more polite well, yeah, because he's older. Because he's older, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just. But that's interesting because that's 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 really fascinating. I yeah, I, I mean, I, I did a whole video on this uh, where I kind of explored why because I personally have never noticed it. Right. Right. Because I don't I don't really look at myself in third person that way when I speak mm. when I switch languages. Uh, but yeah, I, I made a whole video exploring that whole topic because I got so many of my followers saying. Yeah, Joey's really different when he speaks Japanese. Like mm. he's a completely different mm. person. His personality is completely different. And I thought to myself, like, really? Is it? Oh, is yeah. it really that different? Well, I mean, yeah, you seem more polite, less right. outspoken. Like I know I've noticed that with <laughs> you're so much less of a dick when you speak <laughs> Japanese <laughs> to some extent. Uh, but I've noticed that with my co-host Ryotaro. Like when we do videos together, mm. like he's a dick in English. <laughs> um, that's the Ryotaro that I know, right, and love begrudgingly um, but when he speaks Japanese he's very polite and right. more it's hard uh, to sound like a reserved. dick in Japanese I feel well I, th- I think if you are very blunt in Japanese and sarcastic or whatever you come across as a complete really like a really bad like, dick like yeah. horrible like you, you, obnoxious you, yeah you come off as really not in a funny way either no you come off as really I guess conceited uh. that's probably the best way to say it and it, that's just a personality trait that no Japanese person really likes you no know, and if you you know if you do act like that you will shatter any oh, friendships yeah. it's you'd the quickest have. way to burn bridges yeah, yeah. so that, that's why I think people don't do that um, you have to no. be very conscious I mean I'm like that you know towards my friends I feel where I can be a little more informal and dickish but when I'm doing an interview with an author for example right. or, or a voice actor which I've done in the past I can't just be like hey what's up bitch <laughs> like I can't, you know I can't I can't do the Japanese equivalent of that I've seen YouTubers that actually speak like that uh, to, when interviewing people of, of importance yeah so, I don't know how in they have the audacity to do that <laughs> I just can't do it I can't muster up what are some of the highs and lows you found being a YouTuber the giddy highs and lows uh, well the highs is I get to do a job the highs that is I like the highs is <laughs> the highs is the highs are <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I get to do a job that I like and I get to be my own boss, I guess. Right. And I get to choose my own work schedule. Mm. You know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, the well, lows? Well, the lows, you get demonetized quite a lot. Not, not as often as I used to. Right. Uh, definitely during the first wave of demonetization two years ago or three yeah. years ago, whenever that was. Yeah, I, it was like every other video mm. I was getting demonetized. Mm. But I think recently, I don't know if it's because I changed my content or I've just gotten smarter with how I advertise my content. Uh, I've, I think I've only maybe twenty twenty. I think I've only gotten like six or seven videos demonetized. I mean, that's still quite a lot. I've had 
The only, you know, the only video I've had demonetized this year yeah. uh, was the trailer for Journey Across Japan Escape to Fuji. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were telling me about that. If you, and if you go on the Abroad Japan channel and watch this trailer video, uh, in the opening, like, five, ten seconds, Natsuki goes, fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> and in, on, on YouTube, you can actually swear once. You can say, like, fuck. But what they don't like is if you swear multiple times in the opening minute of a YouTube video, yeah. then it gets demonetized yeah. without question. Yeah. Uh, and that was the end of that. So you say five or six videos is a lot, but I've uploaded close to 200 videos this year. Bloody hell. Yeah. 200 videos? Right. How's that possible? Well, because... Are you including Trash Taste? No, no, no. Not, not just that, but at least over 100 videos I've uploaded this Good year. Good gosh, because that's I'm two uploading- videos a week. Uh, yeah, at some some aspect. I mean, December, for example, I've been uploading two videos a week. Trying to cash in on that Christmas revenue, are you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> if, 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 if you have, if you know anybody who's a YouTuber, you'll find they uh, upload a lot of videos in December. Right, also, all my friends do. It, yeah, well, right. it's also because it's the holiday season and people holiday are off season. work and off school and watching YouTube. It's the perfect month to upload videos. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's the Christmas grind and the summer grind. And I'm stupidly burnt out after Journey Across Japan. So there's yeah. like no videos, <laughs> but two, two or three videos. Still one to come out though yeah. in, the, in the next few days. But uh, yeah, December is the key. Yeah, because in January. There's no viewers, there's no money. It's just dreadful. Well, right, and I guess that leads on to the lows of being a YouTuber is right. that you're kind of at the mercy of YouTube for mm. revenue, right? And I guess, I mean, it would be worse if I were to put all of my eggs into the YouTube basket. Right. I know better than that and I'm smarter than that, so I kind of distribute my earnings accordingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, YouTube is still majority of my income, but, mm. you know, I do music stuff, I do... Um, you know, streaming stuff. I do voice acting work. I do some modeling work, stuff like that. So I'm kind of just all over the place with I mean, what I do. YouTube is gen- is generally quite stable. You do every now and then you hear somebody who had their channel deleted by accident or demon demonetization right. is the main factor. Right, right. Um, but yeah, it can be scary. Mm. Generally, I've not had that many issues apart from the whole demonetization era mm. two years ago, mm. which is terribly scary when all of your videos suddenly get demonetized for seemingly <laughs> no reason. Yeah, I, I think I, I think. A third of my videos got demonetized. Yeah, oh god. Yeah, it was pretty bad. That's pretty rough. Yeah. But I, I've I've recovered most of them, but, but still, it was it was a hard hit. But the 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 highs of of YouTube certainly outweigh the lows. Oh, right? absolutely. If 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 it was the other way around, I would have quit. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's cool. And what's some of the most kind of what are some of the videos you're most proud of as a <sighs> YouTube creator? Yeah. So what do you do? You refer to yourself as a YouTuber, a YouTube creator, <sighs> a filmmaker. I- I, a commentator. You know, you know what's the one. The one thing I hate is when people use the word content creator or influencer or influencer. Ugh. Ugh. Disgusting. Disgusting. I, I hate that word. I remember I met someone who was a really good photographer whose dream he told me was to become an influencer, <laughs> and I just showered at him for like ten minutes because <laughs> I hate that. Why would ah oh, influencer? That, that could mean a slew of things. Take Martin Luther King was an influencer. <laughs> Yeah, like, I guess he was. Take passion in your craft, though, as an artist. Right. You know? Like, I, I take great pride in filmmaking and yeah. writing. And I mean, I think, you know, people who make content like what you do, I think in that aspect, you can call yourself a filmmaker or an artist or And I guess like you'd, that, you'd, you'd be more of a critic, because I know you're, mm. you're, like me, you're not really interested in the f- filmmaking aspect, holding a camera, framing it up and editing. You yeah. like kind of delivering criticism and being a critic of yeah I, anime I manga. yeah i definitely did start off more as a critic um you know i was not really afraid to give my opinions mm. and stuff because it's just my opinion and you know if, if you don't like it then so be it i don't like it yeah i know <laughs> I, <laughs> I i get comments like that every day don't worry but um yeah i guess nowadays i've i've definitely 
not shared my opinion as much anymore, I think, because I have grown a larger, more general audience. Yeah, I mean, I've certainly found that. Um, I remember hitting a million, and after that, yeah, I was more... I became more aware of my opinions I was using. Yeah, yeah. Although I've, I've opened up a little bit this year. Yeah. I've come, kind of gone back to it. Yeah. Um, like, one of the dilemmas I have at the moment is I want to make a video on uh, React videos, right? Mm-hmm. We've, I know you, you and I have talked about this, but for those of you that don't know, uh, in the last two or three months, there's been at least, I think, 25-plus <laughs> React videos yeah. from Japanese YouTubers, uh, mostly smallish channels, some... In the hundred thousands, uh, mostly like below a hundred thousand. Yeah. yeah, and uh, they've been reacting to abroad in Japan videos mm. and giving criticism and thoughts and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a fan of React videos. I think they're kind no. of like very redundant. Red- unless you're a professional, maybe who can offer an insight, like a doctor, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but or- uh, you know that's one in a in, in a dozen, right? Like, right. You, every now and then you'll come across a reaction video where they actually give you interesting opinions and mm. topics and. You know, go beyond the actual video, but ninety nine point nine percent of reaction videos, as, as far as I'm concerned, is just someone making reaction noises to a video. Exploitation, perhaps some people say. Or, yeah, stealing. I mean, yeah, I, I've I've kind of not known how to interpret it. For example, uh, one of my mo- my most watched video on the Born Japan channel is called Twelve Things Not to Do in Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out three years ago now, and that's got. Something like 10, 12 million views. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. 12, 13 million. I'm not, yeah, it's, it's a crazy success. Mm. Um, that's great because, you know, that video took about 10 days, I think, to produce. I right. sat down, I wrote it, I rewrote it, and I went over it, I filmed it out in the streets of Sendai. It was really awkward because I hate filming in public sometimes. Oh, same, I hate it. Um, really awkward filming on trains and in the streets of yeah. Sendai and whatnot. People staring away. Um, they edited that put it up and you know after a week well hey it's done yeah and then someone and that got 12 million views mm-hmm. and then somebody can react to it in 12 minutes and get a million views plus it's just like oh oh yeah why do i bother god's sake um it's a different story though if for example that channel i mean i've had i've had this in the past where i've been very publicly open about my distaste towards reaction videos right and I think that's the sole reason why my videos very rarely get reacted to. Right. Because people know I, I despise reaction videos, what would you especially do? to my own content. What would you do in my shoes? Would you... And this is the thing, right? I mean, my dilemma is mm. what can I... What criticism can I deliver on it? I, I don't want to be... I think as, as someone who's getting co- their content reacted to, I think you have every right to say how you actually feel towards mm. it. Like, you know, if if there are two videos... One of them is someone who is actually giving valid criticism and, again, content that exceeds the content that they're reacting to. Right. Then I think you can say, hey, that's fair mm. because you're actually turning, you know, it's transformative. Mm. You're, you're, tu- you're adding more content to the content that you're using. So that's fine. Yeah. But if the second video, which is most of the Abroad in Japan reaction videos I've seen, is right. just anime reaction noises... Yeah. Then uh, at that point, it's like, well, I might as well show this video to my Roomba and record it, and it'd be the same thing. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. A R- Roomba, Roomba reacts to a Royal <laughs> Japan. Roomba reacts. Yeah. That'd be quality. A content. Roomba would make a little boop boop noise, and it'd be the same level of content as someone just going, mmm, mmm, sold on it. That'll like, be quality content. You know? And And again, like, I've had cases, though, of people actually emailing me asking if they can react to a certain video. Mmm. And I always say yes to stuff like that, as long as they're not monetizing the video. Really? Yeah. Because as long as they're not making money off of the stuff that I made, 
then it's fine, mm. right? Because the sole difference is that they have a camera running. Right. Right? Because they'd probably react to it off camera anyway. I mean, the the angle on the videos I've made, so the 12 things not to do in Japan, mm. is, uh, you know, people reacting to it, Jap- native Japanese people, and mm. sort of confirming if my thoughts are accurate right. as a, you know, foreigner living in Japan. Right. Which makes me feel... I, on the one hand, I, that's why I understand why they're popular, right? Because, mm. you know, if I'm a foreigner who's not come to Japan, well, maybe I won't trust this abroad in Japan guy. He's just a British guy who's lived in Japan for a bit. I'll trust the native Japanese guy. Right, you know? right. Um, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, oh, that's depressing that my opinions need to be validated by a native Japanese mm. person. Kind of as, as if you aren't already well informed. I mean, I true at the point I made that video, I'd lived here six years, mm. but I'd spent a great deal of time thinking and reflecting on it, speaking to other Japanese friends to get their views on it. It wasn't me just making it up, and yeah, you know, I took it very seriously. Yeah, um, so it feels a bit like, oh, is do my it's opinions been, on Japan need to be validated by a native Japanese? It person? is. It is quite backhanded from what I see. You know, mm. it's yeah, but at the same time, as a channel with almost two million subscribers. You have to be kind of, I don't know, you don't want to be a dick to smaller channels, right? And I always want to yeah, help be- other creators. Because so. it's considered as quote-unquote bullying, right? Right, and I and I absolutely don't want to be a dick to these channels. Right. So I think if I can deliver some sort of criticism and thoughts on it without being mean to them, um, and, and many of them are very nice, they're all pretty nice down-to-earth people, they're right. all, you know, they're not not delivering evil criticism. Mm. That would be a whole different ball game. If they were really nasty to me, mm. then I would, it would be open season. I'd go all out, make no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, but they are nice people. Right. Um, because they're Japanese uh, creators, they're actually quite polite. Don't yeah, they, they yeah. don't know how to be mean. Yeah, they're very nice. Yeah. Um, so that's something I've got to factor in. And so at the end of the day, is it worth me making a video? Is it actually worth me doing something on it? Mm. Um, and the only reason I'm swaying more towards yes is the fact that the Japan Times did an article on it. Right, which, kind right. Of, which is crazy. Is quite interesting yeah, they, they yeah. did that. So that, that's something I've got to work out, think about. Yeah, I guess you have to kind of weigh the circumstances and think, well, you know, is it more beneficial mm. to just leave them be? Or is it, it negatively I, affecting your channel in I some I think if I, could, if I could find a satirical kind of angle, if I'm like mm. reacting to their videos of them reacting to me as I react to Japan, right? then we've got like four layers of reaction and that could be quality content. Yeah, but I guess the one downside to that is Japan doesn't understand satire. Yes, they so, might so the Japanese reaction gracious. channels will probably look at that and be like, "Wow, this abroad Japan guy's being a dick," even though I reacted to their content and left positive, you know. Which is what happened to you, isn't it? Yeah, which is what happened to Jerry, uh, who recently had a, a thing. Yeah, so we talked about this on uh, on my podcast, uh, Trash Taste. Uh, where it wasn't just Japanese people reacting to your content, but it was Japanese people reacting to Filthy Frank's Weeaboo video. It was uh, yeah. Japanese people reacting to Bill Ward's History of Japan yeah, video. Yeah. And it would just not recommend, uh, not leave our recommended. Yeah, they've recommended very much yep. across and, YouTube. You know, that's why they're able to gain all you know millions of views. And we just, I mean, me and my two co-hosts, we just found that really, I guess, annoying. <laughs> And problematic because, again, we would watch these videos because they wouldn't leave our recommended, thinking, Mm. well, maybe if YouTube is recommending these videos to us, there might actually be some quality content. Uh, 99% are not quality content. It's just a bunch of Japanese people, most of them not even speaking Japanese in the videos. They're speaking English. Yeah. Kind of just, again, making anime reaction noises. And mm. affirming or not affirming by certain, you know, single grunts, and just uh. not adding anything to the actual video. And I just think 
I look at reaction videos like that, and I think, well, this is this is crap. It's <laughs> to be honest with you, it, this is crap. It's it's you're just taking a popular video, but then using it for views, and then just doing the laziest thing possible. And while I while I don't disagree. It the videos still get millions of views. And they still get millions of views and positive reception from people. So It's not know. like these videos are getting, you know, disliked out of, mm. you know, the platform or but anything. I think that's the angle I should come at it from mm. um, as somebody who spends far too much time making videos mm. out in the field, trying to look for Mount Fuji and bloody driving around and stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, and then it's easy to just get views by sitting indoors reacting to things, mm. you know. Maybe that's something I could think about but again it's something i have to think about and reflect on again it's fine you know if you're listening to this and thinking oh no if i react to a anime man or a born in japan video then they're gonna get mad at me like mm. i'm not gonna be mad at people reacting to my content if they're actually providing content right if you're delivering, delivering criticism if they're defined if they're providing you know positive or negative criticism i don't even care if it's negative criticism sure. that's still more content than people just going mm, yes or mm. no and doing the bare minimum, right? So if you're listening to this, wanting to make some a uh, few hundred thousand views, go out and react to the Anime Man's channel. Yeah. Slag him off, insult him, get those views. I know I'm certainly going to. I would honestly prefer that <laughs> over you just being silent watching my videos, to be honest. I'm going to trash talk your entire channel. You do that on the day, so that's all right. <laughs> that <laughs> to I do, my Joey. face. <laughs> that I do, Joey. That I do. Um, and we'll hear more from Joey next week uh, about... Uh, his time in Japan mm-hmm. uh, and most importantly where he'd recommend to visit in Japan and some Ooh. comparisons between Australia uh, and Japan as well so before that though we do have the fax machine we've got some questions from you guys and the first one is from Jenna says hello my name is Jenna and I'm from Pennsylvania in the US uh, I've been enjoying the podcast I just started listening a few weeks ago and I've pre- pretty much caught up on most episodes bloody hell Jenna that is quite an achievement <laughs> given there's like 200 episodes oh, I think. Jesus. Um, I've currently been spending the past two years teaching myself Japanese and I'm planning to try to speak as much as I can on my first trip to Japan my yeah. trip has been moved twice now because of Covid so I'm planning for September damn fingers crossed Jenna yeah. fingers crossed let's bloody hope so um, I really appreciate all of the advice your podcast has given on Japanese etiquette and was wondering when is it appropriate to shorten Japanese phrases for example domo arigato gozaimasu I'd love to hear uh, of more phrases like this where it's appropriate to be more informal and shorten it to like domo or arigato uh, or if there are other phrases you should use formally uh, this is my first email I've ever written to the podcast so hopefully this question makes sense thank you guys have a happy holiday Jenna that's a good question uh, yeah. thoughts um, the word domo I found is mm. single-handedly the most useful Japanese word you'll ever use it's interesting you say that because when I interviewed uh, Hyde the, the singer the rock star from Larkinsiel I said what's the your favourite Japanese word yeah. and he said domo yeah because he, he sort of says the Swiss army knife of words. Yeah. He, uh, there's, there's this great... I don't watch a lot of Japanese TV or watch a lot of Japanese comedians, but there was this one bit I'll always remember uh, about the word dormo. Mm. And it's this skit where a guy is on the phone and he's, uh, and he's apologizing to a client. Right. Right, like in a work environment. And uh, he said, watch, I'm going to do an entire conversation on the phone just by using the word dormo. <laughs> Because Dormo can mean hello, yes, I'm sorry, and goodbye. Mm. All depending on the inflection of how you say it. Hmm. So it can be Dormo, Dormo, ah, Dormo, Dormo. And he just cuts the phone. 
Bloody hell. And you can have an entire conversation with just normal. Because it's just the, like... In different forms of intonation. In different forms of intonation. It can mean anything. I mean, I use Dormo Arigato Gozaimasu quite a lot. That's, like, the most polite version, right? Because I'll typically say, oh, Dormo Arigato Gozaimasu. I'll have, like, a brief pause. But, I mean, the, the rule of thumb with Japanese is the longer the sentence, the more polite it is, right? Yeah. And so, depending on who you're talking to, if you're talking to, like, a shop, shop staff, you don't need to be polite. You just be like, oh, Dormo. Yeah. All right. Or Arigato. Yeah. But if you're meeting the Prime Minister, then you pro- should probably say, you know, something like, Makoto ni arigato gozaimashita. You know, yeah. it's like the most polite of polite that you can say. I mean, can you think of any other Japanese phrases you can shorten like that? Um, I mean, hmm. with keigo, with politeness in Japanese. Uh, I guess maybe... Verbs. I mean, verbs, for example. Yeah, I mean, J- J- Japanese, I've learned, is very context-heavy. Yeah. So you can... There are so many ways that you can shorten a sentence and just say it depending on the context, right? Like, for example, everyone learns watashi no namai wa blah blah this. Blah you blah know? this. You know, like <laughs> watashi no namai wa joey this. Right, yeah. Right? But in retrospect, you can just say watashi wa joey this. Yeah. You course. don't have to say namai wa because, of course. You don't have to say watashi wa. Just yeah, like, you can just say oh, joey this. Kuris this. Yeah. Right. Joey this, kuris this. That's yeah. the first thing you learn, right? I find uh, Japanese folks. Uh, like my friends like Natsuki always make fun of um, the phrase like Watashi no namai wa yeah because <laughs> like you don't do that <laughs> right in Japan and you wouldn't do it in English really like if I met Joe I'd be like hello my name is Chris <laughs> think about that you'd be like oh, I'm, I right, would mate, think I'm you're Chris. a psychopath <laughs> alright mate I'm Chris I'm yeah. Chris yeah. hello my name well, is you know, Chris so- sometimes you don't even do that if you go in for a handshake you just say Joey Chris yeah yeah yeah, exactly. Just say the name. It's all context based, and J- and Japanese especially, I feel, follows that rule mm. more so than often. The trouble with beginner learning beginner level Japanese is they teach you all this stuff that mm. is, just sounds weird. But yeah. they teach you like watashi no namae wa kurisu desu. Kore wa pen desu. Kore wa pen desu. As if you don't know what a pen is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the one phrase you need. Yeah. Uh, but I hope that helps, Jenna. Uh, good luck with the studies. Uh, I got one here from a guy. Or girl, no, don't have the name. Just says, greetings from Singapore. Mm. Oh. <laughs> we'll to... All right, hello, boys. Some of your listeners are probably already planning their next trip to Japan as soon as the world is opening up again. There is no shortage of ideas on your YouTube channel, this podcast, or simply the internet. But I was wondering, which location or activity has the biggest revisiting potential for you two? Mm. Uh, a place to be or a thing to do that you could always come back to. An example would be feeding deer in Nara or the Sapporo Snow Festival. Um, been there, done that. It was nice, but I wouldn't want to go again. And is there only so many shrines you can muster enthusiasm for? <laughs> Roaming through izakayas or visiting a kabuki show, however, is revisit worthy for me? Uh, what are some classics you're always drawn to? I guess it's a good question for Pete. That's unfortunately he's not here. Uh, has he's experienced the country as a tourist? Something completely different. Chris, that's another question. Another question from our... Our, our greedy listener here <laughs> from, <laughs> from, Singapore. from Singapore with no name uh, Chris how do you introduce yourself when you meet new people oh, I've just answered that the last yeah. one I'm asking because you described yourself as a filmmaker in Norm's podcast some time ago greetings from Singapore no name I'm Chris the filmmaker <laughs> <laughs> hello I'm Chris the filmmaker <laughs> <laughs> that should have been your YouTube title <laughs> your YouTube name Chris the filmmaker <laughs> I'm filmmaker Chris I just say hi I'm Chris I'm I thought I don't actually say I'm a YouTuber because that's just awkward I don't I don't when my rule of thumb when introducing myself is A I never introduce myself as the anime man because that's just weird yeah I'd probably be like okay I'm going over here now even if I'm meeting another YouTuber 
Right. Right. Like, immediately, I don't want them to call me the anime man. Yeah, yeah. I want them to call me by my actual name. Dave. And secondly, yeah. I never say that I'm a YouTuber or what my channel is unless they ask. Yeah, and, and that's that's right, you know. I'm, yeah. It's only You know, if humble. they say, like, what do you do? Then I'll be like, oh, I... Watch YouTube videos. What do you do? You don't know who I am. Yeah, I'm the anime man. <laughs> I'm verified on Twitter. God damn it! <laughs> verified on Twitter. <laughs> you haven't seen my video about what not to do in Japan. Yeah. Got Twelve million views. <laughs> um, no, I just say I'm Chris. I make videos, and if they go, "What do you mean?" I go, "Ah, oh, like a YouTube thing." Yeah, they yeah, go, yeah. Oh, YouTube. Because I don't know whether they know YouTube. Well, or not. well it's still yeah. YouTube's been around for you know ten, fifteen years now, but it's still a bit awkward to refer to yourself as a YouTuber. Mm. And I can't really call myself a filmmaker yet. Because I'm like, what have you made? I'm like, oh, a YouTube video. YouTube films. <laughs> Did a video where I saw Mount Fuji once. Yeah. It was good. <laughs> um, on the subject of places with revisiting potential, though. Man, I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, for me, Osaka's, Osaka is somewhere I can revisit over and over. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and do, often. Um, Yokohama for me as well. I can always oh, go Yokohama. to. Why? Uh, I don't know. There's just so many. I, I feel Yokohama is just less hectic Tokyo. You know, less, they, well, it's by the sea, so you kind of feel a bit yeah more. And out I of mean, the city. you know, Yokohama is still the you know the second most populated city in Japan. Yeah, um, yeah. But it just I don't know. Every time I go to Yokohama, I know in the back of my head I'm like, this is a very heavily populated city. But when you actually go to Yokohama, mm. it's surprising how spacious the entire city is, right? And the general area is, and it's because. A lot of places in Tokyo, especially in Tokyo, just feel so claustrophobic and cramped with everything. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Yokohama's yeah. has the same, uh, you know, amenities and things to do as Tokyo, but it's somehow way more spacious. And it's got a good Chinatown, and it has a great Chinatown. The food in Chinatown is yeah. outstanding, and you get well. to you know experience the and enjoy the coastline as well of Yokohama, which is lovely. Yeah, Minato Minai. Is yeah. it? Yeah. No, sorry, that's no, that's that's uh, that's Odaiba. Odaiba. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, just Yokohama. What? It's been a Tominai, isn't it? No, Minato? No. i got to look it up, Look man. it up. All right, while you do that, uh, we've got one here from Andrew, a Scot living in Canada. Hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, discovered your channel a couple of months ago after seeing the Trash Taste guys hey. plug it in their drifting video. And I've been binging your videos since then. Thank you, Joey, for plugging me. I enjoyed that. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen oh, it... Oh, Minato Mirai is Yokohama, yeah. Hey, vindicated. Yes, for those who haven't seen it, uh, Joey did a drifting day... In a <laughs> drifting day, you're really selling like this video. A special you? experience for a special boy. Now, Jay went to um, Ebisu Race Circuit with Connor Sea Dog VA mm. uh, and Gaunt, uh, and they went and did some drifting. Yeah. And I was the cameraman. Yeah, and it was fun. You kind of just appeared in the video. We didn't really even introduce you. <laughs> yeah, I was like in the back. I just, it was pretty pretty shoddy. You're in done. the back of the drifting car, and it's like, oh, by the way, Chris is here. <laughs> Very poorly produced. <laughs> But it was fun, and I did the drone. So if you watched yeah. their video, uh, Drifting, which came out about a month ago, two months ago now. Yeah, almost two months ago at this point. Yeah, I, all the drone shots, oh, that was me. Yeah. And that was really quite And that fun. really made the videos, to it be did, honest. Definitely did. Yeah, yeah don't, under, don't underestimate the power of drones. Yeah. Um, anyway, Andrew continues. Um, each video you've made uh, has made me more keen to finally visit Japan. 
and it's top of my travel priority list once the pandemic is over. My question is regarding my plan when I visit Japan. I plan to propose to my girlfriend. Wow. Oh. I hope she doesn't listen, Andrew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just giving away Andrew a Scott in Canada. In Canada. Uh, <laughs> he's pretty specific. My girlfriend's a Sydney. Like, oh, what? God. <laughs> um, I want to propose a real-life location of one of her favourite movies, uh, Your Name, uh, at the Suga Shrine in Yotsia. Oh. I'm worried whether this will be possible if it is a bustling area. Have you been to Sugar Shrine? Do you know whether I'll be able to get down on one knee and end up getting knocked down the stairs? <laughs> Additionally, what is the Japanese view on the proposals uh, on proposals in public places? Regards, Andrew Scott in Canada. Well, I've actually had uh, a friend of mine who proposed to his now wife uh, right. inside Tokyo Tower. Oh, crikey. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And that was... I mean, he showed me the video and it was, you know, Tokyo Tower was pretty packed. Did everyone clap? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. There was definitely... like, get out of the fucking there, way. No, there, uh, there was one woman in the video who made the most audible gasp I've ever heard, like... <gasps> <gasps> which was kind of cute. But, I mean, I've personally never been to Sugo Shrine, which you think yeah. I would be someone who has visited your name you location. would. I was going to do a video on it, but I just ran out of time, unfortunately. Lazy. He's the anime right. man. He hasn't been to the site of... Like the biggest anime film of all time, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, I've been to Yotsuya before because uh, I have a few friends who live there. And it seems pretty quiet for the majority. Yeah, Yotsuya is actually not too busy. Yeah. So I think, to be honest, Andrew, you're, you're being luck. But no, it won't. you won't get knocked down. Um, no. I've, I've had lots of friends who have taken pictures at the very staircase he's talking about and there's very few people there. Yeah, so I think, you'll, I think you'll be fine. You'll yeah. be fine. Get it done. Good luck, Andrew. And once yeah. it happens, let us know. Send us some photos. you got, you got to play the Your Name opening as soon as she says yes. <laughs> You've got to do it, Andrew. You've yeah, got to do it. Just to do it, yeah. Good luck with that. And again, I hope she's not listening. Otherwise, that's ruined. You're going to have to choose... Oh, be very awkward. You're going to have to choose a location out of Spirited Away or something. Yeah, or just propose on the spot as you're both listening to this podcast. Perfect. Do that. Uh, keep the stories, questions, comments coming into to Japan Podcast at gmail.com. Joey and I will be back on Sunday where I will interrogate him on the cultural differences between Japan and Australia and also find out his top six locations across the country. Looking forward to it, Joey? Yeah, me too. We'll see you then, guys. Have a good one. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.